to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor of the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now get ready to be transformed by this message. Hallelujah. So just stand to your feet for a moment and let us pray as we come before the Lord to hear his word. Father, we are grateful and thankful for the opportunity that you have given us to be in your courts. Lord, we are confident that when we put our trust in you, our safety comes from your name. Lord, we do not trust in man, but our trust is in the name of the Lord. Therefore, Lord, we pray even as your word comes to us, let it come. You say that you will send forth your word and it shall not return to you void. But your word will accomplish the purpose for which it is sent. We pray, Lord, that your word will find its purpose in our lives this afternoon. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, minister to our hearts. Teach us and draw us closer. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Clap your hands together for the Lord and please be seated. And this afternoon, I want to share with you a very simple message. We have some few minutes, and we're going to share about the core areas for the development of a shepherd. We are still in status 527, and we are sharing from Bishop's book, The Art of Shepherding. The Art of Shepherding. And I'm sharing with you from chapter 34, core areas for the development of a shepherd and I believe that by now everyone here is seeing himself or herself or beginning to see himself or herself as a shepherd amen and a shepherd simply means someone who cares for sheep and we are talking about God's sheep so if you are someone who cares about God's sheep you are a shepherd. And this year is the year of the shepherd. And so we are all striking or making efforts to becoming a shepherd. Amen. I didn't hear an amen. I don't know if some people are excluding themselves, but it's a great blessing that we have. Hallelujah. So, we are hoping that you also, you will take it upon yourself to care for the people of God. Now, the core areas for the development of a shepherd. Number one, shepherds must develop the ability to fight. Amen. Shepherds must develop the ability to fight. Now, we are not talking about fight as in fight at home. You know, and quarrel. That is not what we are. We are not saying you have to quarrel. Do you understand? But you must fight. Now, why do we have to fight? Because once you enter into ministry or once you become a Christian, you automatically sign up to join the army of Christ. Do you understand? Once you you become a Christian, you sign up to be a soldier in the army of Christ. 
And you also find out that this is not the kind of army that you join or you sign up and you relax. Do you understand? And what do I mean by that? You see, ordinarily, if you join an army, you know, and you are in the army, unless a war comes, you are relaxed. Isn't that so? Unless a war comes, you are in the reserve. Do you understand? And if no nation attacks your nation, you will never go to war. So you can sleep. You can relax. Isn't that so? But this army, it's not like that. It's not like the kind of army where you say, okay, if I stay in my zone and you also stay in your zone, then we have peace and there's no war. It's not like that. The day you enter into this army, you become an enemy and a target for the world of dark and wicked spirits. The moment you become a Christian, you become a target. You become an enemy. Hallelujah. And it's not an it's not an enemy that you can see. These are wicked spirits. Invisible enemy that is fighting you. So you whether you want to go to war or not, the enemy is fighting you. The enemy is bringing the war to your zone. And so you can relax and sleep. Amen. You become their subject of discussion. You become a reason why they meet. A reason why they gather. You become a reason why they have any form of discussion. And their goal, their number one goal, is to extinguish your light. That is their goal. Hallelujah. So you become a subject. You become a main target to this enemy. And every Christian must learn to fight and fight well. You cannot relax. Amen. Amen. You cannot relax. The reason why many people attack pastors, they say all kinds of things. You see, right now as you are sitting down, you are not a pastor. Nobody minds you. The, mo- the day you become a pastor, you, your wife, your children, everyone around you becomes an enemy and a target. Do you understand? Even people who liked you before, they become enemies. And it's not an ordinary enemy. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. It says, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Amen. Amen. Thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Hallelujah. So he said, According to the prophecies which went before on thee. Now, the fact that you have received some powerful prophecies does not mean you should go to bed. Hallelujah. The fact that certain prayers have been prayed over your life does not mean that you should relax. 
the fact that it has been prophesied over you, you see, this is the mistake that many Christians make. The Bible says, instead, because of the prophecies that have gone on thee or before thee, you must war a good warfare because of the promises, because of the prophecies, because of the things that God intends to do for you, you ought to war a good warfare. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Now, I don't know how many of you come to church and receive certain prophecies and you say, I receive it. I take it. Take it one. Take it two. Take it three. And you jump and you catch it. And I don't see how many of you go home and then begin to pray because of the prophecies that you came upon you. But the Bible is saying because of these prophecies, you have to war a good warfare. So do you understand why sometimes certain prophecies are prophesied over your life and then you go and then as if nothing has been prophesied over your life? Because, you see, the prophecies, they are powerful. Because God hears the prophecies of the servant and he performs them. Now, the Bible is saying, don't take them for granted. When such prophecies have come over you, they are as if someone has given you a diamond. They are as if someone has given you a treasure of gold. A chest of gold. Now, if people were, know, people were to know that you came to church and each one of you were given a big chest of jewelry, and you are taking them home, I believe your houses will be targets. How many of you agree with me? Even some of you sitting here will call some others to go to your friend's house and arrange to steal them. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So you see, and I believe that if something like that were to be given to you, if you came to church and you, each one of you were given $10,000, would you go and put it under your pillow? Where would you put it? The next working business day, bank day, you'll be at the bank to deposit the money because your roommate you are not too trustful with. And the people around your house, you can't just leave $10,000 under your pillow and believe, you can't even sleep. Now, this is what the Bible is saying. That when certain prophecies have come over you, there is someone also in your house who wants to steal it. The moment you receive these prophecies, certain enemies are coming after you. And the Bible is saying, because of the prophecies that have gone before thee, war a good warfare. War a good warfare. War a good warfare. Amen. War a good warfare as the same way as you have received. You'll be at the bank the first, before you go to work, you will call that you'll be late. You are coming late to make sure that it's real money. It gets into the account. And after you finish from the counter, you go to the ATM right away and check that it is there. And the Bible is saying the same way. When prophecies have gone before thee, war a good warfare. War a good warfare. Hallelujah. But you see, the Christian life is such that people do not war a good warfare. Many people generally 
do not get involved in war. But the Christian life is a warfare. It's generally a warfare. Amen. Even when the word of God has come to you, the Bible says because of the word that you hear, demons come after you. Oh, yes. Demons come after you. There is treasure in the word. That is why the scripture is saying, man must not live by bread alone, but you will live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. But unfortunately, many Christians, they just become Christians and they go to bed. Hallelujah. Because you would think, any one of us would think that if you become a Christian, it is such a nice life. Isn't it a nice life? I mean, since you became a Christian now, you know, certain sins, you know, you don't want to be involved. You know, the need for cheating and the need to travel to Ohio to see this girl and then come to New Jersey to see this one and then go, all of these things, they are wiped out of your life. Isn't that a beautiful life? I mean, the Christian life is a beautiful life. You know, there's some, there's no trust between you and your husband or you and your wife because you are Christians. It's such a beautiful life. The Christian life is a beautiful life. It's peaceful life. Now, if it is that beautiful, why is it that when people give their lives to Christ, they don't remain Christians? Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? But many people, when they find Christ, they lose him again because they do not want a good warfare. Because they do not know that this good life that you have received, someone is coming after it. And a lot of times, people lose the faith. They lose this beautiful life. Amen. Amen. You see, many people, for instance, did not understand that even your presence here today is your deliverance. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. People, people are perhaps not here because they think their presence here is contact. You will sit with me and I will get coronavirus. You see, you understand what I'm sharing with you? Not knowing that, you see, that is not your deliverance. Because you will sit at somewhere else with someone. Are you going to stay home all throughout the pandemic? <laughs> all through the pandemic season, you are going to be home. self-quarantine. <laughs> but the Lord is delivering you. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3. It says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You must endure hardness. There are things that are ready to take what you have. And you must endure hardness. So the Christian life involves war and you must endure hardness. Hallelujah. You must endure difficulty. It's not easy to serve God because you are a soldier in the army of Jesus Christ. And so it says, thou therefore endure hardness. If you want to be a good Christian, you want to be a good shepherd, 
you must be prepared to endure hardness. Hallelujah. Others also, when they have found this faith or they have become shepherds, they also entangle themselves with all kinds of things. And the next verse says, no man, it says, no man that warreth, no man that is in the war, entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. You cannot entangle yourself in this war with the affairs of this life. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see Christians who come to church, they come for prayer meetings, they pay their tithes, they give offerings, but they are liars. You know, they are fornicators every day, every single day. It's an entanglement. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? And you cannot war this warfare when you are entangling yourself. You are praying and fasting and giving your offerings tight, meeting after meeting, doing all kinds of things, and then still entangle with the affairs of this world. You cannot combine the two. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So you cannot be a Christian that goes to parties and get drunk on Saturday night and in the morning you come Sunday and then be in the presence of God. You, the Bible says you cannot war this warfare. You can't. So it means that you will be defeated. I'm preaching a good message. I'm preaching a good message. You'll be defeated. Amen. Christians who steal. You know, there are certain Christians that the default to have something is stealing. Even if you give them something, they will not take it. But you leave it and then they will steal it. <laughs> we are not even going there. <laughs> Amen. Some Christians, they have the whole of their, their office supply in their home. And your house is like a store, staples. You have staples in your house. And all of that is your work supplies. You see, you cannot want a good warfare like that. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You cannot want a good warfare like that. Staples. Tapes, gloves, <laughs> masks, the whole of the store. Hospital, even the towel that you use in your house is a hospital towel. What a shock. You go and take care of this old lady. All her plates are in your house. Her forks and knives, they are all in your house. China wear, everything, they are in your house. Because the old lady cannot see anything. The Bible says you cannot war a good warfare when you are like that. Am I preaching to someone? It's a good message. Number two, shepherds must develop their conscience. Shepherds must develop their conscience. Shepherds must develop their conscience. Hallelujah. Now, what is conscience? What is conscience? You see, it is the warning light. It is the warning light from within that lets you know 
when you are doing something wrong, that warning light from within you that lets you know when you are doing something wrong, that is conscience. I look in the dictionary and it defines it as an inner feeling or voice viewed as acting or viewed as or acting as a guide to the rightness or wrongness of one's behavior. Do you understand it? The inner feeling or the inner voice that is viewed as acting or as a guide to the rightness or the wrongness of one's behavior. So it is that inner voice or the inner feeling that guides you or guides your behavior. Hallelujah. How it is right or how it is wrong. Now having a good conscience is like having a sensitive warning system deep within you. That you have a sensitive, some sensitive warning system within you. And every Christian, every shepherd must have a conscience. That sensitive, deep thing that is within you that seems to warn you. Amen. Now, if you neglect your conscience, you set yourself up for great dangers. If you neglect your conscience, you are setting yourself up to destruction. Hallelujah. It says, it is comparable to a tsunami. Do you know what is a tsunami? Tsunami is an earthquake that is underneath the seabed. Do you understand? So, the earthquake that is underneath the seedbed, when it happens, it brings a lot of destruction. It brings a lot of destruction. Several years ago, we had a tsunami, and it brought a lot of destruction. Do you know where it happened? Where? You have forgotten. <laughs> what a shock. Well, there are several places, actually, also, which are, but the massive one, was in Asia. Isn't that so? That destroyed so many people and so many things. Do you understand? Now, you see, if this tsunami was to have some sign, if there was a signal from underneath the seabed, the seabed, if there was a signal to tell us that the tsunami is coming, I mean, a lot of preparation would have been made and many people would have been saved. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Now, if there is lack of such signal, if there is no such signal, then the destruction is magnified. Now, that is how conscience is. When you neglect the conscience, the result of neglecting the conscience, the consequences, is a huge destruction. Anyone who neglects his conscience suffers huge destruction. Hallelujah. If you neglect your conscience, you are setting yourself up for great dangers. Amen. If you neglect your conscience, you are neglecting a great safety mechanism that you need. Hallelujah. And when this happens, there's great destruction. Amen. Amen. But now they have devices 
in the seabed. They have devices. Since that happened, they have devices in the seabed where signals are sent. So when there is going to be a tsunami, a signal is sent and massive, a whole city is moved from a place. People are moved. Property which are movable, cars and all kinds of things are moved to save lives. Now, this is the conscience we are talking about. When you have this conscience, it gives you signals. Amen. When you have this conscience, it gives you signals. I mean, children are here, so I cannot share some wonderful signals that <laughs> that I could share with you. Amen. Hallelujah. So there is a deep signal in the seabed. And in the same way, God has also placed within us this conscience. God has placed within every Christian this conscience. And through this conscience, the Holy Spirit ministers to us. Through this conscience, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Through our conscience. Hallelujah. If this conscience is there, you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. It guides you. Amen. And it brings you safety. It is this conscience that makes you do the right thing even when no one is present. Hallelujah. It is that same conscience that makes you make the right decision when no one is guiding you. It is the conscience that guides you, makes you decide on things, or makes you do something when no one is supervising or when no one is looking at you. It is that conscience. And that is the means through which the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Hallelujah. Now, everyone is supposed to have this conscience. And when you have a sensitive conscience, when your conscience is sensitive, you will find yourself making confessions every now and then. You will do something and you find yourself asking God for forgiveness. And when no one is there, have you realized that? I don't know, you have conscience? You say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who has such conscience? Five, pe- five people here. Well, everyone. We thank God. That sometimes you, you, you do something and then you say, Lord, forgive me. Sometimes you say something, you, somebody asks you something, and then the human default acts, and the answer is a lie. And then you say, Father, forgive me. Sometimes you are sitting at an interview and as you are giving the answers, you are also asking for forgiveness. (laughs) Who has has experienced that before? They ask you questions and then you give answers and they are clapping for you. Wow. And then you say, Father, forgive me. Forgive them also. They don't know what they are hearing. It is that conscience. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? It is that conscience. That when you have it, you are sensitive. You are asking for mercy. You are asking for forgiveness. Every so often. Hallelujah. Now, there are others also whose conscience the Bible calls seared conscience. Amen. Seared conscience. 
You know, these are people who do not have sensitivity to the conscience. And the conscience is seared. Amen. You see, for instance, okay, you, you are laid off from work. And then you're going for an interview. You have been going for interview, one interview after the other, one interview after the other. You are coming from one of such interviews, which you realize didn't go well at all. And then you sit in a cab. And in the back of the cab, you turn around, and there's this fat wallet stashed with cash. Then you take it, and then you open it, and then you see the money that is in the wallet. And you don't have a job. (laughs) And you are just coming from an interview that didn't go well. Amen. And then, that moment, at that moment, you see the one with the conscience, you see the Holy Spirit ministering to you. At that moment, do you understand? And a lot of times for the Christian, when God wants to bless you, your conscience is tested. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. But there are some people, the Bible describes as seared conscience. Seared conscience is a person whose conscience has no sensitivity. The conscience is seared. Amen. It says, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 11. You see, when you are when you 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 are experiencing certain evil and you don't correct them immediately, your conscience becomes seared with time. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? There are some also, first Timothy chapter 1 and verse 19. The Bible says, holding faith and a good conscience. You see. The faith that we have, it comes with a good conscience. So you have to have faith with good conscience. So it says, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away. You see, there are some, they have faith, but they don't have conscience. There are Christians, they claim to be Christians, but they are put away their conscience. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? This is the type of Christian when people say, look at a Christian and you are doing this. Because you have no conscience. And you have no guilt for doing certain things. So the Bible says, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. Amen. Amen. So there are Christians. Alexander and Hymenos, they were Christians. They have the faith, but they are done away with their conscience. Now, a Christian cannot do away with their conscience. Faith and your conscience, they go hand in hand. The Bible says, holding faith and a good conscience. You ought to hold your faith with a good conscience. Hallelujah. You cannot be a Christian. You see, when you are a Christian who indulges in lying, 
and you continue to lie and lie and lie, lie becomes normal to you. Do you understand? You have no guilt for lying. That is a Christian with a seared conscience. When you are a Christian and you are involved in fornication, you are living in fornication and you live it every day, it becomes normal to you. And it looks as if you are married. That is a Christian with a seared conscience. It does not bother you. And so you can't get out of that. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So the Bible says, holding faith and a good conscience. It should prick you. It should, it should, it should bother you that this behavior is contrary to the word of God. Amen. It is contrary to the word of God. Now, Christians with a seared conscience, you see, when you are, your conscience is seared, you even lose the fear of God. That is why we have Christians who sit in church and lie. In church, not outside of church. Do you understand? Because it becomes so normal with you. We have Christians who sit in church and they gossip in church. They will sit in the church and someone is passing by and they gossip right there in the church. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? That is, that is seared conscience. And the Bible says that the Christian with the faith, the faith in Christianity, it doesn't go with seared conscience. It doesn't go with seared conscience. If you are a Christian and you don't have conscience, you will not survive. Your faith, you make shipwreck of your faith. You make shipwreck of your faith. Amen. You feel very comfortable with sin. Your conscience is seared. I mean, we all sin every now and then, don't we? But you realize that when you sin, certain sin, once in a while, every now and then, once in a while. But when you sin, certain sin, you feel, you feel guilty. You feel convicted. Do you understand? Like you went to the store and you bought something and then the change they gave you was more than what you, what you were supposed to receive back. Do you understand? One day we went to a drive through something and then we bought something and I think I gave the person $10. But I think in his mind he thought I gave him $20. And then he gave me more money. <laughs> he gave me more money. And then I said, no, you gave me too much money than you're supposed to. Then he's arguing. <laughs> he says, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's, that's correct. <laughs> so now he's making me even confused. <laughs> Jaden, do you remember? And then he's making me confused. And I said, ah, did I not give him $10? So now I'm checking my wallet properly to make sure. I said, no, I gave you $10 and you are giving me more change than necessary. But a Christian without conscience. Do you understand? And the argument can say, oh, you are right. You are right. You are right. I think I am wrong. I am wrong. I think I am wrong. 
may the Lord give us a sensitive conscience. May the Lord give us a sensitive conscience. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Our time is spent and we cannot continue on. And um, we want to pause here. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Okay, let us pause here. And then we'll continue next time. Okay, wonderful. Why don't you stand to your feet? Stand to your feet. Wonderful. We are blessed. Father, we are thankful and grateful. We thank you, Lord, for calling us to be a part of this great army. We pray, Lord, that you will equip us to war a good warfare in the name of Jesus. We pray, oh God, that you will give us a sensitive conscience. Each one of us, may our conscience be sensitive. Father, may we have the faith that goes with good conscience in the name of Jesus. We are thankful, Lord, for your word. We are grateful for the word. We thank you, Spirit of God for sensitizing our conscience in the name of Jesus with all eyes closed and every head bowed today you are here a trying time and a trying season I believe you are not here by chance you are not here by accident but if you are here today and you feel in your heart that you have not given your life to Christ properly Perhaps you feel you have been a Christian. But your life is associated with so many things that you feel strongly that even if you were to die today, you will not go to heaven. You are here this afternoon. If that is your prayer, I want to pray with you. Or you are here this afternoon and you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Master. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. If you are here like that, you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Christ as my Savior. If that is your prayer, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You want to give your life to Jesus. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand. High as you can. And I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Father, we are thankful and we are grateful. We thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for saving us. I want you all to join me. I want everyone to join me. Let us say this prayer. I want everyone to lift up your right hand and join me in this prayer. And say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I come before you. I come before you this afternoon. This afternoon. Just as I am. Just as I am. I am not worthy. I am not worthy. I have sinned against you. I have sinned against you. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I repent of my sins. I repent of my sins. Forgive me for my sins. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, cleanse me with your blood. Cleanse me with your blood. Wash me with your blood. Wash me with your blood. This afternoon, this afternoon, I welcome you, I welcome you 
into my life. Into my life. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my savior. Please write my name. Please write my name. In the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. For saving me today. For saving me today. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. Father, we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation. Amen. I pray for everyone that is here. Jesus. By the confession of our sins, O oh God, and receiving of your gift of salvation, Jesus. Lord, we are confident Amen. that our names are written in the book of life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us today. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. believe you have been blessed with this powerful message. Come worship with us at Kodesh Family Church, located at 1734 Williams Bridge Road, Bronx, New York, at 12 p.m. every Sunday. God bless you.